0: Welcome to this episode of the Down the Put podcast. Uh, On this episode, me and Gary are going to review the Wanderers' first home game of the 2023 season against Vancouver, um, which sadly ended in a draw. Um, Gary, how good was it to be back in the
1: grounds? It was wonderful. It was really nice to be back, (laughs) to see a lot of familiar faces Uh, to get sunburnt lips, to get a sunburnt nose, um, (laughs) to have the flags at the top of the stadium twatting me in the face for 90 minutes. (laughs) I love it. I love every single part of it. And like that all sounds negative, but really, no, I absolutely loved being back. I liked a lot of the new little features as well. Like I quite like that little screen in the corner. I saw someone kicking off about it on Twitter, but I quite liked it. People will literally complain about fucking anything. I don't understand what what
0: like what the issue was. Like, I, I think somebody wanted it to be like, I, I don't know what they wanted. Like, I mean, they, any other game, any other place in like Europe or wherever, most stadiums would be playing the game in the side just so you can see the replays of like the the moment. So I don't understand what the complaint was.
1: And it it was good as well because um, when the Fernandez thing that happened. And everyone was like, penalty, penalty. And then <laughs> when they showed the replay, you just heard this little murmur go around the stadium. Everyone <laughs> went, oh, 'Oh, that was a dive, that was a dive.' <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh, my God. Like,
0: the, funny, the funny thing is, that, like if that had been a player from any other team, uh, I, I think we would have been all like roasting them. But when it's your own guy, kind of did like, and, and the funny thing with that was, is that like, had he stayed on his feet. Like Irving had missed had missed the ball, so like he could have avoided him, I think, and gone on and put it away. But uh, I could I, I guess like the it just pops into your head, like you know, mm. just just to go for it. But it was mm. awkward. yeah, yeah it was I love, awkward.
1: Another thing with those screens, like because <laughs> Arsenal have them as well. So yeah, next time you watch an Arsenal game on TV, not that you would because of your predisposition to hate in the club, but yep. the next time you do um after a player misses a chance look at the camera always focuses on them right and you can see they're always looking up and that's because the screens are showing the replays for all the all the chances and stuff like we've got now and I think it's a good way of of measuring which players you've got who are incredibly vain because the players who are like <laughs> if you watch like a feed of us now every player who's like constantly looking at the screen for every replay they're the ones who are thinking like, How's my barnet looking? <laughs> <laughs> Am I looking a bit red? Is my shirt untucked?
0: <laughs> oh that, that's we're gonna have to keep an eye on that the one See how vain our players are like, I've got an idea. I, I,
1: I've got an idea of which ones would probably be the the, the vainest, to be honest. Oh uh,
0: dear. Yeah, um I th- that's one of the one of the good things about uh when the season starts back and all that kind of stuff it's like just seeing old friends like you bump into people yeah. you haven't seen because you don't normally see a lot of people the, the same people like during the off season so it was kind of nice to i only just popped down because i watched it from the uh the perch of the uh the, the, the press box so uh, i popped who, down at have time to see my buddies just, and just uh quick question yeah who do you think you are <sighs> do you know what it's it's tough like you know, there was people there from like proper media, p- like places, and they had to stand outside because I had a seat in the box. So that kind of felt good. I'm just gonna, <laughs> feel- <laughs> that's gonna feel good on d- a d- rainy day. Do d- d- <laughs> d- you know what's really awesome this year is yeah. like? uh So uh, for anybody, like you know, if you've ever seen the old press box, Gary, I'm sure you've been up there. Is mm-hmm. it was literally like a scaffold with a platform on the top, and it was very wobbly. And thank the sweet lord a hurricane came and knocked <laughs> the fucking thing over so we never have to use it again <laughs> so they've actually made a permanent structure this time so it's like uh it's a in the wondrous tradition it's a hollowed out shipping container with like Very obviously nice. that the holes cut out and all that kind of stuff and you're like right beside the announcer guy so you're hearing him doing his spiel down the end there and you're kind of like trying to keep quiet but they actually have like seats laid out with your name now like taped to where you're supposed to sit so I felt I felt really special when I walked up
1: and I was like Anthony Abbott my seat was like there so <laughs> did you uh, get pretty... did, did you get any free food or anything
0: so according to the rules if you've mm. ever read the major rules they're supposed to provide food and, and drink so it's part of the thing so there's always like pizza there but like I'm, I'm I I don't want to eat like media box pizza to be honest but uh, yeah it, like, like being honest with you like it's obviously we don't have the same facilities as Hamilton or like that like with Winnipeg and stuff like that so it's not a proper media box but it, it it's such an upgrade mm. on what we had previously that was kind of nice and the view was really really good because we were like that at the those kind of the containers on the side there like we were like right at the top of it so looking down onto it onto the pitch so it was a really nice view of uh of the the game and stuff for like that and then like at half time I popped down to see my friends and I bumped into a couple of people that I haven't seen in quite a while so it's kind of nice to uh you know, just walk around and, and do whatever. But obviously, being part of the media thing now, like you can't drink at the games, which was very odd. Why? No. I, ex-
1: I expect some really good analysis from you this <laughs> evening. Then, in that case, if you if you were sober for it you should have had a sharp eye for what was going on.
0: To be honest with you, like it's, I think I view football better through like beer goggles, man, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> through the beer goggles, I think that we look really good. And then like when we're not, when I was just looking at it normally, I was like, eh, I guess we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's enough for me, like... Uh, like uh, trying to be Bertie Big Bollocks. I think you got yeah.
1: you got a bit of prawn sandwich in your teeth. Yeah. I think
0: <laughs> Roy <laughs> Keane would be fucking ashamed. He <laughs> would, would be. He would be. But yeah, like uh, like obviously, like as I said, like it's, they've done a great job of. Uh, and I mean, at the same time, you can apply for your your media thing, your game pass, uh, game to game now, can't you? So you can do if you want. to. Yeah,
1: but I I don't like, I don't know, I can't justify myself being in the media box. So like I, don't, I feel like I'd have to be doing something if I was in there and I, I don't do anything during the game. I just do the blog like on the Sunday or the Monday or whatever. So I don't like, I, yeah, I don't know. And unlike the after game, I did in the first season, I did the after match interviews, like religiously, every single home match, I'd do the interview with Stephen Hart. And I just, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I'd, I'd find myself last 10 minutes of the game, instead of like getting lost in it, I'd be thinking, oh, I need to think of a good question to ask because like in the first season I think it's better now because you've got more actual like big football fans in there but first season there was a guy there's a guy from the chronicle I think maybe and it, it wasn't his fault because he was he was their hockey guy and they'd obviously gone we've got another sports team in the city can you like do the do the wondrous beat as well so he probably reluctantly was like oh fuck's sake yeah <laughs> so what used to happen was we'd all go into we'd all like cram into the media box like 20 of us in like this tiny little room and he he would like get in there with the first question straight away I'm not naming him but like he would just like be straight in there before anyone else could say anything and he'd be like get, the,
0: get it out of way
1: yeah yeah and he'd ask <laughs> the same he'd ask the same question every single time and go what do you think of that coach how do you think that went coach oh, um and like it was just like this really like generic answers. Stephen Hart would give like a pretty generic answer, and then he would he would fuck off straight away. <laughs> the, the Chronicle, like, and I'd read, I'd read his like post match filing like the next day, and it was just like, yeah, he just basically used whatever answer Stephen Hart gave to that, and like surround it with. On Saturday, Halifax Wanderers played this team. The score was this. The coach yeah, this said this. Count. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you, have, you, have, you have phoned that in, mate. You have massively phoned that. Well, out okay. um, he
0: Like said that he was there until like uh, like six o'clock when he left at like ten past five. Hundred percent.
1: hundred percent. I bet he told his bosses like, oh god, never guess how late I was there for nine o'clock. <laughs> No, they they kept saying to me, "What are you still doing here? You work hard."
0: I, I must say though, the from from where I was, like looking out, there was these like three or four hooligans right at the back <laughs> of 104. Yeah. with their hoodies on, their cans of lager in their hand, they looked like they were about to kick off, and I was like. Wow, and then
1: I realised it was you. So we've uh... we've we've grown in we've grown in number. It used to be myself, Shep, and Glenn. Um we who used to do the podcast in the first season, us three. And now we've added two more, either side of us, two mates. So we are yeah. growing in number. I think I think we might have to start a turf war with the with block one eight or privateers <laughs> soon.
0: <laughs> bring our bring our
1: firm over for a bit of a, <laughs> a bit of a ruckus. The... <laughs>
0: So uh, anybody who can come up with a good name for Gary's firm in the
1: 104 all i would be, I'd be much appreciated. Just so we can, just so we base, base, baseball bats wrapped in caviar, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, like the Fred Perry logo, but with like with prawns. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, let's
0: let's get a kick into the game here. So you know, um, looking at the lineup, it was there wasn't too many surprises, but I guess uh, young young. Column, uh, Column, 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 Column. Yeah, Colum, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he started off up front, which was, I guess, a bit of a surprise because we've usually been starting with uh, Cozy up there. So, um, what did you think of that and how did you think he did?
1: It speaks to the, the depth and the range and variety of qualities that our three strikers have got now. Um, Point, bro, obviously, is this is huge. Like you you see him in person. He's a really big guy. Um, very physical, very strong. Kosi is kind of a little bit similar, but I think Kosey is more at ease doing the back-to-goal stuff, which comes of experience and Coimbra will will get there eventually with that. And then you've got Teo Cologne, who is very, very different from those two. He he can do the back to goal stuff incredibly well, actually. But but he also has the pace to spin in and run in behind off the shoulder, which is where the goal came from. And I, I was surprised when I saw him in the starting eleven, simply because we hadn't really seen that much of him. So that makes you think, oh, Patrice must prefer Kosi and and um, Coimbra. But then after the game can't remember who asked him the question, but I saw in one of the interviews with Patrice after the game saying, Oh, yeah, we identified that their centre backs don't turn very well. So you see that quote from him and go, Ah, okay, well, that makes sense then. So you've identified a weakness in the opposition centre backs. What do you do? You don't like so, so Vancouver's centre backs are big, aren't they? Yeah. Like uh, Martinez, um... And Rocco, uh, Romeo. Romeo yeah, yeah big big centre-backs so if you're playing against big centre-backs like why would you play Coimbra and Kosi because you're just matching them you're not you're not offering you're not posing a question to them you're just going okay you're big we've got some big boys let's just have like a bit of a like Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan Wrestlemania free off <laughs> like just the big boys against the big boys but instead, steady where now we've got something different like okay what is a weakness of a big player they tend to turn quite slowly they tend to have like not deal well with people with low centre of gravity, which Teo does. And the goal came from exploiting that, that sort of weakness by using his pace. So yeah, good decision. I'll I'll surprise. But when you hear him talk about why, then it makes complete sense.
0: Yeah, I must say, I was really impressed with um, like how much he was pressing them too. Like he wasn't giving their defenders much time on the ball too. Like there was one time there during the, the first half when, uh, he kind of surprised one of them in the box. Kind of got in behind them and, and took the ball off him. So, like that aspect of it too, I think he was he was really good. He was he was as good off the ball as what he was on it. And I think he definitely does give us a different option. Like I mean, for, for the goal, like first of all, I, I, I'm sure every thought it was offside because he was he had so I much, was
1: positive it was offside. Yeah,
0: he had so much space, but then like he almost didn't believe that he was it's not offside and he kind of had like a couple of like a moment where he was like
1: yeah i know he looked (laughs) over his shoulder didn't he I was like what what's going on here
0: then it's funny how like we've talked about um like the different formations inverted (laughs) this and all that kind of stuff and it was just a simple ball over the top that unlocked them uh so i mean like how did you how did you what did you think of the goal do you think it was like I'm pretty sure you would have scored it to be honest, Kerr.
1: Not on my weaker foot. I don't think I would have done. <laughs> um, yeah, you you could see you could see actually like um, you could see that that's something they would have thought about because um, afterwards Riley Farazio talked about it being um, they'd, they he he said I think he said they'd worked on it in training and they called it the Jorginho pass because Jorginho has played a few assists like that, like from kind of the defensive half space, whipped around over the top. So it's obviously something they worked on. And what I thought was interesting about it is we're now a team who is getting a bit of a reputation for being a very good possession team for controlling games, lots of short passes, lots of triangles, lots of like playing between the lines. So it's nice to know number one for us as supporters that we can sometimes go, okay, we're just going to play a long ball over the top. So it's nice for us to know that, but it's also nice now that whoever we're playing against, they can't, they can't just go. Okay, when we play Wanderers, we'll play a high line. We'll really, really squeeze them into the middle of the pitch, so they've got no space to like make these patterns. Because now they're going to be thinking, oh, they have got a bit of that in them as well. They can go long. They can go over the top to hurt us that way. So it just it just adds another element, of doubt into the opposition scouting team when they're when they're planning for us.
0: So like <clears throat> the, I thought we were controlling the game again for the most part. Like I mean, up until. Um, uh, like after the goal, kind of the time after the goal, it once again like we really needed that second goal at that time just to kind of kill it, and then they made a substitution. So I don't. This might not be true, but I think I heard somebody say that the the coach from Vancouver had said that the guy that came in is it was it Nima or something? The guy's name is that I came
1: think in. Mo, I've I wrote it down, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Moazeni Zadeh.
0: Uh, I think I think he just goes by Nima. Number, number eight, anyway.
1: Number eight, yeah. yeah. Nima, okay. Yeah, that's his first Nima. name. That's a lot Nima, easier. Yep. That's what it says okay. in the
0: back of his jersey. So apparently he had shown up late or something like that, so he was actually dropped for the game. So that's why he yeah. wasn't starting because he's usually one of their starters. And then when they brought him in then they took the, the young lad off and brought him on, the, the game swung heavily in their favor. So what would you, what, like looking at it yourself, what did you think he was able to bring that they didn't have previously that kind of like, was it because he was getting in amongst uh, the the midfield to kind of disrupt their little triangles or, or is he just, he was pushing on and he was like putting a bit of pressure on the defenders? What what do, what do you think he brought to the game that kind of changed it?
1: All of the above. So, so Vancouver were playing a 4-3-3, which kind of was sometimes a 3-4-3 when their left back formed a four-man midfield, but... Just for the sake of this conversation, let's call it a four-three-three. So they had quite a flat three in the middle of the pitch. They had Simmons in the middle. They had Chung to his right, and they had um, Saint Louis to his left. So they started with that threat, that flat three-man midfield, and we absolutely dominated the first thirty minutes because there was no structural depth to what they were doing. It was really, really easy to pass through those, pass through that line, and kind of like work like Lorenzo, was just wonderful, just like working. He was he was working them, his spatial awareness. And they we just passed around that midfield really, really easily for the first 30 minutes. Vancouver manager obviously recognised that and thought, I need to change something because this is far too easy. So what he did was he brought in Nima for St. Louis and he didn't like do a like for like. When he did that, he stuck Nima as the central midfielder of that three and he put Simmons to the left of him, slightly more advanced. So suddenly they had a bit more structure because you had Sim- you had Nima as the centre midfielder and you had Simmons and Chung, either side, but a bit more advanced. So structurally, they changed a little bit then. The next thing they did, they, that midfield seemed to be playing about five yards further forward than they were previously. And suddenly they became really, really aggressive as well. So they they weren't, massively pressing our defenders in, in the first 30 minutes. They were kind of, they were waiting for Lorenzo to get the ball. Then they'd try and press him, but he was so good. He just played around them. But then when Nima came on, they were pressing as a three and almost pressing man for man. So suddenly the three forwards were pressing our defenders and then them three midfielders were really pressing our midfielders as well. And it just suffocated us. We just couldn't get out from like the 34th minute till half time. We couldn't get out. And they also turned it into a bit of a second ball game. So, they did everything down our right-hand defensive channel, so Riley Farazzo's side. They kept attacking down that side, and then they would always win the second ball. So kind of go long, a header, it drops down, and then Vancouver would attack and win the second ball. So by suffocating us with the press, by winning the second ball, they just really, really took a grip of the game and didn't let go until, until we made a change in the 65th minute ourselves. But it just... So I, I kind of, I, there's positives and negatives to this. The the negative is a team can suddenly flick a switch and play in a way which we really, really couldn't live with. The positive of that is Vancouver only did that in kind of like 10, 15 minute spurts throughout the game because there's no way you can be as aggressively pressing as they were in that period for an entire 90 minutes. It's, it's just impossible. So that's good because that means we've got a way of playing which for at least 60 minutes of a game is going to work really well for us. But it's bad because we didn't seem to have the answer of how to play out of of that, Um, and I've I've got ideas of how we could have done, but but it's very difficult when a team decides to be that aggressive. And yeah, it all came from Nima coming on and kind of setting the tempo for them, and he's a really bitey player. Yeah, Um, big time, and. Yeah, and Simmons Simmons as well. Well, Simmons is not the same player he was when we had him. Like when we had Elliot Simmons, he was a six that kind of screened the defensive midfield position and passed it out as quickly as possible. But he's turned into like a really aggressive tackler, a sprinty sort of Declan Rice type who likes to cover a lot of ground. And again, he was perfect for a team that suddenly decided to press press the shit out of us. He was perfect for that. And yeah, they had a really good like 30 minute spell where we we just couldn't live with it.
0: It was it was like watching, um, you know, like a boxing match, and it's just somebody just like just jabbing, 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 just waiting to find the the moment to just like mm. force through, with like with a, with a, an uppercut or something like that. It was it was, you could just you could just sense it in the stadium too that everybody's just like, oh shit, we're on the ropes here, and then the goal went in, and t- like, you know, obviously it's going to be said that we we're, we can see it an awful lot like towards the end of the, like halves, but it. it this time it just felt like that goal was coming and it, like it didn't matter it was going to happen anyway so it didn't matter it just mm-hmm. was really unlucky that it happened right at the end of the mm-hmm. half because that goal was coming they had a, they had a chance just before that where the guy blazed it over the bar um when he should have scored like from six yards out so um yeah. you know like the, their their goal mm-hmm. like it, it really came from also missing two tackles in the midfield, which was kind of disappointing. I thought like we mm. uh, it could have been that Nima guy. I think that like he mm. rolled two challenges, one from Rampi and one from Calgary, and uh, sprayed it out out to the wing there. But you know, like the, the goal was disappointing, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. And just before we get to that, you talked about the momentum they had and like how we were just on the ropes, getting uppercut after uppercut. You know what I would like us to have done to stop that. And I think when I say this. So I think like Canadians and North Americans attitude towards sport is very noble and you, you play fair, you play hard, you play honest. I would say in that moment, don't do that. Like if, if I, if I was the coaching staff and if I was the players and this is something a lot, not a lot, but some premier league teams do now is I would have a word with Jan Philly and the goalkeeper and say, next time you go up for a cross, next time anyone goes near you, go down holding your ankle and pretend you're injured and stay down for at least five minutes so we can regroup just do anything to completely kill the momentum of what they're doing so the coaching staff can have a quick word with the players we can kind of re reshape ourselves and just anything because it was just wave after wave wasn't it
0: yeah yeah it's, it's just like it's a tough watch when you're a fan <laughs> especially at home like uh just watching just watching the inevitable happen um yeah. but it's good to know that the club ever need like a uh how to, to cheat? Lesson, <laughs> a lesson on shithouseery. Re- Gary's veil. Uh,
1: <laughs> just do it, though. It's mar- marginal gains. Do what you can to win.
0: No, um, it's, it is true, yeah. though, and you're right, though. It, like even, even like we take that minute or two to kind of get the instructions out because it's very difficult when you're under that sort of pressure to to kind of comprehend what's being sh- shouted at you from the sideline because you're concentrating so much on what's yeah. happening around you. Um, it, it, like just to have that that minute or two just to. As you said, regroup and like get some instructions from the management, like to what they want to do, like change things around or whatever, like that. But yeah, it's I mean, just,
1: it's street smart, it's shithousery, but it's also street smarts and just being a bit, a bit you, dirty. You,
0: you've got to give Vancouver credit, though. Big like, time. And, I, and I hate, obviously, I hate doing that because a Wonders podcast, but you know, like you look at Otto in there for season and the recruitment that they had, and it, it wasn't very good, in fairness. They, they've recruited really well. Um, it's like they've had a plan for quite a while if he wants to Like I mean, like Caden Chong was a huge, big sign for me. He had a good game, and like the the the, the forward guy is a Hundal or Hund,
1: Hundal. Yeah, he's yeah, good.
0: Like he's he's a shit house of a <laughs> of a centre forward too. He puts it about like and you know even he's... when he scored the goal, he did the Cup of the Year thing and, and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, and you know, so it, good. But I, I just thought they were. They were re- like, and they've got a really good coach too, which was evident, and that they're able to change stuff. So. so, you
1: he, know,
0: sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, he reckon he recognised he recognised where they were struggling, and he fixed it. Um, just just on the goal quickly, because sorry, I know you asked me about that a moment ago. So, on the goal, yeah. So, um, Lorenzo loses it. It's just in a duel. It happens. And then it gets played out to the area. They kept attacking us in this area of the pitch. Again, our right defensive side. Everything went down there. They barely, I don't think they even like if you if you look to the grass of the wondrous ground, there'd be nothing down our left back side because <laughs> they just they kept going to the other side. And when the guy cuts in to cross it, like just a little detail I noticed. Um, so Omar, so Omar's marking Hondel in the box. Um, the Vancouver players got it on their left hand side ready to cross it in. And just a detail on body shape, because Mo is running towards goal, his face and his chest are facing our goal. The Vancouver player is to his left. It's really hard to talk about on a podcast without video. So he's facing the goal. The Vancouver guys to his left, and he keeps turning his shoulder to look to look left at the player to see what he's about to do. in between looking left and looking forward again, Hondul just ghosts behind him into the space. And that's why he loses him. And just a small detail, if Omar adjusts his body shape slightly, so as he's moving into the box, if he's if he's not facing the goal, if he's actually moving side on, so kind of like shuffling to his yeah. side, so his chest and his head are facing their crosser, you, you know when he's about to cross it and you're far more aware of what's going on around you and who to mark. And maybe just a little detail like that, that doesn't happen. Just body shape is different, but it was also a really good cross and a really good... Run so, but
0: but do you think that's um that's part of the 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 learning core for him that like obviously last year was a virtual f- season he came in more as a central mid like a a, a, a sixth hmm. then a defender and it's those little things that y- you learn over time that, that like that's a huge one because I mean even trying to jump when you're facing kind of the wrong way like you're like if he, he's going to have the momentum because yeah. you're kind of twisting your body back to whatever way you need to be and like um, how he
1: like le- he leaves a leg out to like kind of intercept it but again if you're face onto the crosser you can just head it out or kick it out from a straight angle so it's a lot easier um yeah like, so it's like, just a detail
0: yeah I, I find that um like some of the guys that are coming up from the ncaa like it i think the league is the is a lot faster than what they probably obviously what they were used to. And it's it, it just that it, like finding your feet phase. Like, I mean, I mean, Callum Watson I think is kind of going through it too, where the time you have in the ball when you're in NCAA, like you just don't have it in the, the CPL. And it's, it is a totally different level. Like, you know, like you don't have mm-hmm. the time to pick out, like just you, you, if you want a lesson in how to do that, to find the spaces, like watch lorenzo caligari because he just yeah, yeah. he just he just knows how to find that inch of space for himself it was just like a a master class in that like and it, i think that's something that is going to be it's as the league gets more and more advanced it's going to be harder for the guys just popping in straight from college um i, I just kind of i thought that callum was really he's amazing as like he's just a, a busy busy bee and he's like he, he, he's he's kind of like a little bit aggressive too, which is kind mm-hmm. of nice to see he's got a bit of a bite to him. But uh, I, I just found I just like sometimes like the, the passes just c- kind of what not coming off for him. And I think that's going to just take time for him to adapt.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought we look, I thought we looked better when when he came on actually. Oh, yeah, Like we, you- I know that some of that was game mistake, but I do think he added, I-, I agree. I agree. There's moments where he gets caught a little bit and that's happened every time he's come on so far. And it'll always be a similar sort of situation. Like, He'll be backing into someone, take a touch, but then someone will nip into the side of him and just take it off him, and he'll kind of slide and try to win it. But I thought he was a he was a lot cleaner against Vancouver with his passing, even though there were still a couple of moments like that. But like you said, that's all. Yeah, that's all adjusting to a jump up.
0: There's definitely a really good player there. You can see it, Mm. Um, and it's just a a matter like Mo Almayer was the same last year. Like I remember. For the, through the first what ten games, a lot of people probably thought he wasn't able for this <laughs> level, you know. And then it, it's it, it just switched for him, you know. Just, something just switched on, and he he's come on leaps and bounds. So it's yeah, it's definitely. I don't think it's a, as easy as maybe people think it is switching from like high level college football to uh to, to the CPL. Um. So you know, uh, going into the second half, then like we, it was kind of like a. It was a weird start to the second half it was kind of like we were kind of a little bit on top then we kind of went over again it was was very heavy and flowy wasn't it
1: yeah and that's that's what made me think that Vancouver can only press in spurts because at the start of the second half they weren't aggressively pressing us anymore they were sitting back and letting our centre-backs play amongst each other so I think that that is something that they do on purpose where they kind of we've talked about this before but they know when to rest in game and they know when to really go for it so I think they said all right we'll give Halifax the first 10 minutes of the half and then they started to press again and it just took us by surprise a little bit but I think the game the game changed more permanently in our favor when they brought on so Riley Ferrazzo, who I thought had had a really good game actually and he's I think he's been brilliant for us in full stop but they brought him off. So he was doing his inverted center midfielder thing from right back. They brought him off. They moved Zachary Fernandez back to right back. And Rampey dropped in to the sixth role alongside Lorenzo. And suddenly we we weren't getting bullied there anymore. Because we had like a really robust player in Rampey. We had Lorenzo who's incredible on the ball. And we just kind of we stabilized ourselves a lot and i think the problem at the end of the first half was we lost control because we couldn't handle we getting we couldn't handle the press and then suddenly we stabilized ourselves and we were able to regain control vancouver started to look a bit leggy because again those moments when they are pressing takes it out of you and we really really started to get control again and we, we it was us for the last 20 minutes wasn't it it was yeah, pretty but, relentless
0: big time but it it just we never seemed to create a, a like a a guilt edge chance really though that's and i think maybe that was maybe that's kind of worrying people like a little bit you know there was no like oh, like had this chance gone in had that chance gone in we would have won there was mm-hmm. there was no kind of clear cut chances which uh not concerning because obviously we're a work in progress but you know it was, um, wasn't great but so, so you know just talking about rampy there it was kind of odd in the first half i know we talked about like last week that people are going to have to get used to uh Rampy playing in a different position, <laughs> but like seeing him out on the left wing waiting for it, wanting the ball was just fucking bizarre. <laughs> it feels strange, doesn't it? it that's like... what
1: we, we talked about. They're like our 10s ten, our <laughs> rotating and out with our wide forward, so he does that. I don't necessarily think he's gone there to wait for the ball, I think he's gone there to draw out a defender so yeah. Massimo Ferrin can make a diagonal run. Um, but yeah, it, it's a very strange sight. It doesn't, it, it's like <laughs> there's um. Okay, there's there's a meme and it's a polar bear ended up in texas and like everyone's like and, then, <laughs> and, then, and, then, and, it, and it's like just a guy captioning it like what the hell is this doing here and it kind of feels like that doesn't it when you see oh random left wing you're like what that That's, make so, sense. so uh,
0: anytime you see Ramsey out and about, just tell him he's a polar bear in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> but, sp-
1: but no, speak- again, again, I thought I thought he was actually much better at the weekend, and I I do insist he's doing a really good job off the ball. So the rest will come, and he, he did- and his on the ball stuff was much better actually as well.
0: He he did he had that nice little chance there. I think it was in the second half when he ran on and the header a little bit more. From yeah. that, and I was going over, and, uh, so... and he
1: screwed one wide as well, landed on his right peg, like right volley, which should have he should have done better with. So he's getting in the positions, at least. and
0: and I think that's 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 maybe a part of his game that he needs to work on a little bit, just like the the kind of finishing. But yeah, like I, I I actually enjoy watching him and Lorenzo playing together in that kind of deeper role. I think that they they complement each other quite well. I, like there's there is obviously moments when they're kind of tripping over each other a little bit because they have the same kind of football brain, I guess, and you kinda they know where they want to go. Um but uh yeah I must say like one of the great things about I'm sure you saw from where you were too was being able to because you you don't appreciate it on TV because you don't get to see the full picture um of just how good Lorenzo Cal- Caligari is. Mm. I like I i was like mesmerized. I, like I I was just made a point in the second half of just watching just keep my eye on him and he, he like it's not just the, the little touches or the little passes, it's like his movement and like he's dragging people with him. Uh like someday like we, we've never had a player that can like spray a pass about the way that he had he can. Like I mean like like and it's just effortless. There's like some some passes there's one there like a, like I think he did over to Zach Fernandez it was like probably 30, 40 yards across the pitch and it was just he just pinged it and was just perfect. And like, you know it, it just it's funny that he's ended up in the CPL at this stage. Like it's we're so lucky, and I think that if he keeps going the way he is, like he, he's not going to be in the league for longs. And I I just kind of want to enjoy every minute of it. But uh, what did did you get a chance to like from from your Eagles nest there, like to, to kind of keep an eye on? Because you know as I said, like TV doesn't do him justice. I don't think.
1: Yeah, and what a beautiful little player. He's just he's he's. Like I, in terms of natural talent, he's the best we've seen at the grounds. I think he's just, and you and you, your hope with him is going to be a case of, I I can't remember what what's the saying about a tide, all boats rise with the tide, or something like that. Do you know the saying? I mean,
0: no, but uh, like, it's
1: it's it's kind of the idea that he that he will bring everyone's level up to his level. Yeah. yeah, like I I think someone like Riley Ferrazzo who has formed a brilliant little partnership with him. By the way, like they. They share the same football ideas as each other. Like he, is his career is going to benefit so much from even if it's just one season playing alongside Lorenzo. He's going to learn so much about being a footballer and playing that position. He's just he's aware he's aware that so the thing that doesn't come across on TV because even on TV you can't miss him because he touches the yeah. ball 120 times a match or <laughs> whatever stupid number it is. You don't you don't miss him on TV, but the thing you notice when you see him in person is his awareness of space and how because I was what I've watched him on tv and we've talked about this like we've talked about how oh the opposition is probably going to sit a striker on him so he can't touch the ball so much and I think I think opposition teams are sitting players on him because Elliot Simmons was was like almost man-to-man in him at times in that game like but Lorenzo he's just so good at finding space and so good at his awareness of space his awareness of what's around him and like and doing it with really subtle movements as well. Like he's not a sprinter, is he? He just kind of like when the game is hot, when everyone is focused on what's going on, he's ice cold and will just kind of take a step back and drift into space. Really, really good player. Yeah, and you're right, some of the diagonals was just whew. like he he plays diagonals, like Peter Sharla thinks he plays diagonals, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I love, I love, I love Sharla, I love him. Really, he was a fantastic defender, fantastic CPL player. But like, I think in his head when he tried all those diagonals, he thought he was going to nail him like Lorenzo. And Lorenzo nails nine out of ten, doesn't he? Just a oh, wonderful like, little player.
0: Even in the first half, there when uh, like the corner routine that we did, and the ball mm. like uh, flipped back to him, and he whipped in, and we nearly scored from it. Like even that no, was just.
1: No one can tell me he wouldn't be a good MLS player.
0: Definitely,
1: Honestly. and and I I actually I would not be surprised if he's gone in the summer.
0: Yeah, me too. Like,
1: I feel like he's like, have you you you've played seven aside and stuff all your life, haven't you? You know when you play seven aside, maybe a couple of times a year, one of your mates will bring along their friend who played for fucking the QPR Academy <laughs> until he was twenty, <laughs> won't they? And they'll bring him like, oh yeah, he used to play QPR Academy, or he used to play fulham academy he's not he's not bad and then within five minutes he's doing all these little things and you're like that's from another planet how he's doing that and it feels it feels like that with lorenzo like it's, it's just silly
0: it, it is that thing of like the, the spatial awareness of just like knowing like there was i don't know how many times it was where uh like somebody would try to man mark him and he just had the intelligence just to knock the ball slightly to the right or to the left and mm-hmm. then was play the ball off make them look like a twat you know what i mean and it's and like we're talking about professional footballers here and it's easy for us to kind of laugh about it but like it it, it's a great skill when you've got like an athlete coming straight at you just to go boop (laughs) and just make a make a complete or like uh idiot of them but like just
1: my only concern is that we have very very quickly become so reliant on him yep and I I would almost like him to be sat out for a game soon, just so and hopefully we play well in the game that he doesn't play in, just so the players can can kind of trust themselves to still reach a high level if he's not on the pitch, because at the moment he's he's everything. And I, I like I feel like the players need to know that they can do it without him.
0: So Patrice if you, if you are listening to this uh, Gary is recommending <laughs> you drop our <laughs> best player drop the we just
1: said it's brilliant yeah you
0: know. and <laughs> but but like like joking aside though, like so would would you sit ramping then to kind of take his his place or like who do you think would be the kind of like that's, like
1: that's the question there was like there was good there was good whispers coming out about Thomas Geraldo's um during pre-season but I don't think he's even been on the bench yet So I don't know if that's an injury thing with him again, or maybe he flat to deceive a bit early stages. Um, Rampy, we know can do that to a degree, but I don't think anyone in the league can do it at the same level as Lorenzo. So it's unfair to expect Rampy to, even though, again, he can do it to a really high level. We saw that last season. Um, But yeah, I I don't really know. I don't think there's anyone that can, can kind of, do a good enough imitation as Lorenzo, but that, that might be a good thing. It might make us not always like, not always look for him as the passing option. It might make players kind of look for the tens a bit more, look for the channel balls a bit more.
0: So how, how did you feel that um like, obviously we're a work in progress. You can see, you can kind of see what's they're trying to do. And do, do you have that feeling that it's going to click? Like I kind of, I, I talking to some people and like, I think there's still a bit of a hangover from last year. You know what I mean? Like we're all like still a little bit kind of negative because of how bad that season went. But like, I actually feel like there is a lot of positives there. Like, and I think that like, we are definitely going in the right direction. It's just going to take us some time to get there, but we don't look like a team that's going to be very easy to beat, you know, because we've played like, I thought the, the performance against Forge, especially like we looked pretty solid considering the amount of pressure that they were putting us under too. Mm,
1: yeah, and I, I like I I have a friend who has he's of that mindset that you just said. Like we were chatting about it, and I was bigging up Patrice in the way of playing, the way we've looked, and he said to me like, "How's this different from last season?" Like last season, Dorado came in, we like tried to play. Like a single pivot, two attacking eights we we were quite we looked quite nice on the ball, but then we didn't create enough and he was like how is how is this different and he's i I completely I completely accept that point I completely do, but I know how I feel watching this now and I know I didn't feel like that watching this last season. I know when you look at our games so far in three of our four games we've had like mid sixty percent possession that's that's like even against vancouver like it felt like they had a lot of the game but the possession was 63 percent to to um 37 percent which is a pretty big a pretty big difference huge so we're, we're keeping the ball really really well everything from our box to the edge of their box is really really good um and I just hope the rest comes. I don't know if it's going to come. No one knows if, if it will come the next, because the next stage is when we're one 0 up in these games is scoring again. So you don't get these yep. nervy into heart, ends to halves. You don't get these nervy second halves because you put the game to bed when you've got control. And we did have a couple of half chances to do that, but that's the next step in the evolution of the team. And I just, for my own sanity, I choose to focus on looking forward to seeing if we evolve and take that next step rather than, than stressing out and thinking oh god we look quite good last season what if it's the same again like you 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 have a choice to make (laughs) with how you digest football and your favorite team to whether you want to look at it that way and stress yourself out or just try and be hopeful and look at it the the way that we're the first step on an exciting journey and if if we're wrong the positive people were wrong we look like idiots but whatever it doesn't really bother me
0: I, I, I must say like last year I you know after the first couple of games I thought we did look really well and then the season was kind of we kind of moved away from what we were trying to do as if we kind of abandoned what we were trying to do at the beginning and kind of gave up on it too early and then like because and I think partly because it was Stephen Hart's fourth season whatever it was and we needed to make the playoffs, and I think he he abandoned because he didn't think it was working. Whereas I think Patrice at least has the time to try this stuff, um, without people getting on his back. And I think that um, yeah, I you know, i'm, I'm I hate that hashtag trust the process thing, but like I'm <laughs> I'm really trying to because, like, all I have <laughs> been a Tottenham fan. I have to be positive about this because I've got nothing else positive going on in football yeah. right now. So yeah, uh, I'm I, I'm I I really think that we just need to, and I, I also want to just give a quick shout out to uh like Aiden Daniels, I thought had a really good first half. You know, yeah. like last last season he tried to do an awful lot of fancy things that didn't come off and you could see him getting frustrated by himself. And I think he because he has the the safety of lorenzo in there to kind of back him up a little bit like a lot of the stuff he was trying to do was coming off and i think Mm. that he
1: had a a really good first half i thought he was really good he worked he worked incredibly hard as well you see him on their on their goal he is the one sprinting his little heart out to get back to block off that cross so yeah i thought he was good um just final thing on the are we better or are we worse thing the last thing i will say is that no matter if we get better or not, like the reason I'm enjoying watching Patrice's team so much is because I think we're all learning loads about football from watching them. Like being forced—not forced—we do this for fun, but like being forced to like analyze and watch his games and his team week in, week out. Like none of us knew what a fucking box midfield was a year ago, <laughs> no. did we? None of us. No. None of like none of us fucking knew how an inverted. Fullback worked and building in like a three, two, five, five lanes of attack, like 10, switching out with the wingers. None of us knew this stuff. I promise you, no one listening knew this stuff. I definitely didn't. But like, so to have a team in my backyard with a coach who is trying to do all this innovative, like, Deserby type stuff, I think that's a privilege getting to watch that and getting to learn more about the sport because I know, like, I have, I've learned loads from it. And if 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 nothing else, that part of it I'm really enjoying. He might be an innovative coach who it doesn't quite deliver on the pitch. That might happen. You never know. But I feel like he's got enough good ideas and enough, enough like innovative approaches that it will it will.
0: I must say, like the I'm actually really enjoying watching the, for for the most part of the Wanderers history. I haven't enjoyed watching the football because for the most part it's been oh. a little bit turgid I'm actually enjoying watching footballers enjoying themselves and mm-hmm. players that are playing more to their abilities and uh, like not being rigidly set into a formation. Like it's, I, you often hear, if you ever listen to Tommy Wheeldon Jr. talk about football, he's always talking about the, the, the fluidity of the game and changing the system and da 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 da, da And you're kind of like, you kind of go like a I don't know, the bollocks, you know what I mean? Because it's like it's football's football, but it, you can actually see that it's not rigid and everybody like there's it just flows and like just watching players try different things and it it's it was actually a lot of fun to watch to be honest. With you. Like I wasn't like when I looked up at uh, the the time and it was like seventy minutes gone. I was like fuck, like you know, like last by. year. that would that would have felt like an eternity and uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to piss all over Stephen Hart's legacy with the Wanderers because he did do an awful lot but I just it just it just feels fresher it just feels fresh that after the time that we had we got to a certain point and we needed something else so
1: what uh, do you what would you say personally a successful season is like what I, I actually don't want to use the word successful because I watched that basketball player's big speech the other day about failure and success and how it's all meaningless. But like, what what scenario do you leave the season going? That was a good season. Progress definitely was made.
0: I like you know like obviously I put my Wanderers hat on at the start when we did our little shot thing and I put the Wanderers coming second. <laughs> uh, I I I know that's probably a pipe dream, but but I honestly think that you know if if we're in the playoff picture, you know, like if we're, even if we become fifth, geez, what is it like, top five now gets into it. So, you know, if we're we're around fifth or, around fifth, I think would be progress for us. Like, I I think that this squad is definitely good enough to to get there. Um, And it's just a matter of us putting a run together, I think. And as you say, getting over that hurdle of, score multiple goals in the game because it's something that the Wanderers traditionally haven't done unfortunately so um, I think that I really I just feel that this team has the ability to give somebody a hiding you know what I mean and it's just it's just waiting there for it to happen like something the, the gears are coming together and it's just waiting for them to click Um, so like for me I, I think you know if we're in the playoff picture coming into like the last game or two I think that'd be reasonable six successful
1: yeah yeah. I, I feel the same. I feel, I've, I've thought anything fifth and above is, is good. I mean, to be honest, I think the, the points difference between, I think Forge are going to run away with it, but I think the the points difference between like eighth and third, this season is going to be tight. five, five points. Yeah, It's going to be incredibly tight. And, and like, obviously with, this is a largely a wondrous podcast. So we only focus on us. Um and I think to a fault, actually, because other teams do tactics. So it's always kind of we look for what we did wrong when something goes badly instead of what the other team did do well. It. But another thing with that is like we're kind of sitting there going, oh, we're, we're probably not scoring as much as we should. But you look at the league table, no team scored more than four, I don't think. Yeah. So it's, it's every, already there's parity. There's so much parity.
0: It's th- this year, everybody feels a lot closer. Um, everybody's kind of moved on because like, obviously, we don't have. Edmonton this year or like you know as I said like Atletico on their first year like Vancouver like you you, as I said you gotta take your hat off to them they've done a fantastic job so I guess we need to find out who your man in the match was
1: Uh Lorenzo I feel like this is gonna be a boring answer so many games this season but Lorenzo Lorenzo Lorenzo
0: I had to agree with you I'm gonna go the same but I I thought that uh, Dan Nimick had a really good game and Massimo Ferran was playing really well but I don't know, it was against Forge, something happened to him and he hurt his shoulder, and something happened again in this game, and he was, I don't even notice, like he was kind of no, holding I his didn't. arm down by yeah, like through the whole game he had his arm, like kind of, like limp, like on a, his right arm I think it was, Oh, interesting. Uh, so, so, so something, he's, he's definitely carrying an injury, so mm. I think it's affecting his ability to, to turn maybe. Um, So yeah, I was surprised that he wasn't taken off, but uh, I thought he had a regal game, but yeah, it's it's just, just Lorenzo just makes the game just effortless. It's, uh, it's kind of nice to see. So um, I did want to ask you before I let you go, um, has Jan Filion got a uh, restraining order out against you at all yet?
1: Grocery night is tomorrow (laughs) night. So hopefully I'll see him hopefully i'll see him in walmart traipsing about <laughs> what,
0: what, did he, what did he tweet at you like don't be shy or something
1: yeah yeah is. Uh, <laughs> no I, if i see i don't i don't i don't think my face exists on social media so i don't even know if you'd know what i look like so uh, i'll, I'll um, send him a,
0: i'll send him a picture of you yeah actually it does because i posted that one of you in your wanderers kit
1: oh yeah but you can't really see me that well can you so? okay i'll
0: i'll hunt you're you gonna
1: you're gonna what do they call it are you gonna dox me
0: yeah, pretty much.
1: Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna to me to Jan.
0: Yeah, tell him exactly where you are. Well, I, I think I think the the police and the restraining order will probably put that in motion where like, you know, you need to tell them like you need to stay 200 yards away from them. So Yeah, I imagine <laughs> so. Yeah. He's uh, baby, he can
1: look after himself.
0: <laughs> I, I did I did kind of want to um I'm not one for like starting social media stuff, but I think it'd be kind of cool because it was our first game back from um the, the season that if anybody I, I'd love to see people's pictures of the game because i didn't get to i didn't get to take that many i just got a couple from the, the, the mm. sideline there so if you want to post your wanderers home game uh pictures and tag us in it we'd love to see your your pictures
1: i quite enjoy as well if you just go onto instagram and you can search for a location or hashtag and i had a look on can't remember i searched for the hashtag wanderers grounds or the location but there's quite a few cool ones nice as well yeah
0: it yeah it, it, it was great to be back um Unfortunately, we have to wait another three weeks to do it again. But um yeah, yeah man, money wonders. please feet, right, both please. Time to drink up, folks. Get out. Out to fuck.